Hello, everyone. I'm Laura. And I'm Chantal. And this is Don't Judge a Girl by Their Size. The podcast following one woman's journey to health through weight loss and beyond. And I'm that woman. Let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. The information and personal experiences shared on this podcast are for general informational and entertainment purposes only. Our stories represent individual perspectives and do not constitute professional medical advice, guidance, or recommendations. Awesome. All right, Chantal, let's get into it a little bit. We like to start by checking in on your week. How are things going? This week's actually been pretty intense for me. I've had quite a bit go on. Yeah, maybe Um... before we even get into that, we should contextualize a little. So tell us a little bit about how your week kicked off on Sunday. (laughs) Okay. Well, actually, I guess since the last time we talked, we might want to go a little further back. I have a surgery date now. Oh, yes. Very exciting. Um, It was for November 17th. However, it has been moved up to the 16th, which is totally fine. I am going to be starting the liver shrinking diet on Friday, this coming Friday, which is going to be the 27th of October. Every surgeon has kind of their own version of this liver shrinking diet, Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, the amount of time that a patient is on it really is determined on like their medical conditions, other things they have, their BMI. And so my specific journey through this liver shrinking diet is not going to match really anyone else's because it is very specific to my medical journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do start mine. They wanted me to do it for about 21 days. And so I will start mine this Friday in preparation for surgery. So that was kind of the big news for last week is getting a surgery date, which was very exciting. It's been in the works for, I mean, since July. So to finally get a date has been major. But awesome. Yes. (laughs) Then we went into this weekend and I had a fabulous vacation with my family. Mm -hmm. And then um, on Saturday night... I started having like this burning sensation kind of in the center of my stomach, just below my diaphragm. And it was radiating out towards the right, but on the right side, it was much more of like a pressure pain than a burning. Hmm. And it also like went up into my right shoulder. So I took some antacid and I went to bed and I woke up and I still had the same sensation. It was still extremely uncomfortable. And so my dad, who's a physician, was like, take some more antacid, and if it doesn't help in, like, 10 minutes, then you probably need to go into urgent care and be checked out. Hmm. So I took some more antacid. It didn't work. So we went to urgent care. And for those that don't know, MIs in female patients often present itself as GI issues. So the first thing that they do when a 35-year-old woman who's overweight goes in for GI pain that has lasted more than 12 hours is I got beeline, like I got straight in. I didn't have to wait at all. I was on a (laughs) cardiac monitor within moments. And I had a full 12-lead EKG done. My heart looks great. They actually sent it off to my surgeon, so he was aware of my heart being in prime condition for surgery in three weeks. (laughs) So that's And gives you some peace of mind, because I know that's something you've been, like, stressing. Yes, that's actually, like, one of the things I've been worried about the most is, like, can my heart handle this? Um, I've put a lot of work on it over the 35 years (laughs) in many different ways. So it definitely was a concern of mine. The ER doctor actually ran all of my labs that would be needed for pre-op so that I could get those out of the way since I was already in there. I was actually scheduled to go in and do it on the 9th of November at the same facility I was at. So Mm -hmm. I've already gotten that taken care of. 
But after all of these tests, an EKG, x-ray, CT, all of my lab work, it came back that we have no answers. <laughs> there is a suspicion that I have what's called a lazy gallbladder, which, of course, I feel like only naturally <laughs> I would have a lazy gallbladder. A <laughs> lazy gallbladder. <laughs> okay, what uh, does that mean, though, if your gallbladder okay. is lazy? Okay, so this is how the <laughs> physician explained it to me. I have not taken the time to actually open, like, my A&P book and verify right, this, so... Right. The, oftentimes I feel like sometimes physicians will explain something that is like a visually way for somebody to understand that isn't exactly what is occurring, but they explain it that way. So you can kind of comprehend what they're trying to explain. Mm -hmm. So this is how he explained it to me. He said that your gallbladder sits with the ducts that release the bile into your stomach mm -hmm. up top. And when you need that bile, it kind of contracts almost and turns itself a little towards the side so that you can spill out the bile that goes into your gut that helps you break down all of your food and all that mm -hmm. kind of good stuff that it does. And what happens is when your gallbladder becomes lazy, <laughs> it doesn't move anymore. And so it sits on huh. its back like a couch potato <laughs> and fills up with this bile. And so just like if you had stones that block the ducts that don't mm. doesn't allow for the bile to release from the gallbladder which causes the swelling which is what causes so much pain when people have gallstones uh -huh. your lazy gallbladder is filling up and swelling with bile because it refuses to turn over and release some of that bile it's producing can i just say like okay i have a couple questions first and okay. foremost like <laughs> A, is there anything that you could do to, like, get your gallbladder to, like, stop Not being lazy? Not be lazy? <laughs> um, they didn't give me any get suggestions, so and, like, I don't do think so. <laughs> okay. I don't think you could, like, poke it and be like, yo, <laughs> Come on, don't bro. do something with your life. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> um, okay, the other thing that I think is, well, okay, so well, what does that mean if there's if there's not much you can do about it? Like, what are they? What is that um, so essentially, if I do in fact have a gallbladder that is no longer functioning in the form in which it should be, they will go ahead and remove it when I have my vertical gastric sleeve done. It's all kind of in the same area. It's actually at the same exact clinic. I'm having my surgery done at the same clinic that my husband had his gallbladder removed at. Um, like practically the same surgical room and surgical team pretty much. And so it's like, it's just, they'll, they'll just do it then. Also, that was what I was going to say is like, so funny to me is that your poor husband had all these gallbladder problems that yes. like he had to have his gallbladder removed. And now you're having, you I know I was like railing in pain as we were driving to the urgent care. And I was like. Corey, this is like deja vu, but reverse. Like, right. I'm usually the one racing him to the ER oh. in horrible pain, and it was kind of vice versa. It was actually a little, I mean, he handled it pretty well. We were in a rental property that we had to, like, clean and get out of, and he did it all on his own. As I, like, sat on the bed, like, oh. just distraught, and I just was so so upset because I didn't want it to interfere with my surgery date like I've worked so hard and I've right. set this date in my mind and I'm so excited and built up for it and I was just like I don't want this to like put that off you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so definitely. but I think that I mean the pain was definitely real and uncomfortable and miserable I think my emotions probably played a little bit into it it was a little scary I had never felt anything like that 
experienced anything like that so mm-hmm. and then of course my dad being concerned doesn't help at all <laughs> right right when the medical doctor is like you should probably go to urgent care you're like, you're oh, like oh snap okay we're <laughs> going to urgent care like now exactly so we got there they were amazing at this urgent care it was really night and day in comparison to how I've been treated in many other situations medically prior to going through all the steps of weight loss surgery, um, just showing up kind of as an obese patient that isn't doing anything about their weight. Oftentimes your feelings and your emotions and your physical presentation can also be dismissed and not really taking into consideration or taken seriously. And so for them to open up my chart and see this 50 pound weight loss within four months, I mean, every single medical professional that I interacted with told me how amazed they were by this weight loss, how proud they were of me. They were so encouraging and so kind and so polite. And although I really, really appreciated it, it just reminds me of how crummy people are when they don't like see your struggle and they just assume the worst Mm -hmm. and which happens far too often with people that are struggling with obesity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we've talked about this a little bit. Um, and, and we did this whole thing at one point where you were like, let's Google some things. Yeah. Do you mind if we talk about that right now? Yeah. I think that it's important to discuss as well. It was actually really shocking for me honestly to kind of stumble across this but it I mean it was shocking because it was so like blatant and in your face but it really wasn't that shocking either because this is obviously something that I've been dealing with the majority of my life right yeah go ahead give the context on your side um we wanted to find like an image of the girl or the man or you know whoever it is that we're speaking to and really kind of visualize that so that we had a good idea that when we were talking and we were sharing and that we knew who we were talking to and so we were trying to find like a visual representation of our listener essentially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I googled um plus size women and these very well photographed, photoshopped um, pictures that are done in a flattering way mm-hmm. of women that are a little bit larger, not necessarily on like the obese or morbid obese side, but a little bit larger are what represents this plus sized woman. And then I Googled obese woman and the pictures that come up and the difference of that are just It's so not flattering. There's no Mm -hmm. effort whatsoever to make an obese woman beautiful, I feel like, or to see them in that light. And it was just so shocking, like, to have such a, like, drastic difference between these two. And to me, uh, both identify who I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, cause it's, it's almost like this empowering, like body positivity, like look at how you can look, even if you are overweight sort of thing. And then it's also like this, oh, but if you're obese, you're like a monster. Like, you're not worth it. it. Yeah. You're not going to be pretty. There's no way of like making a photo that's going to make you look good. You know, um, it just really felt negative to, mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, is that I am both a plus size woman and I am also a obese woman. And there are days that I look better than others, just like anyone who doesn't struggle with their weight. Yeah. Um, And there are days that I feel better about myself 
and days that I don't. And I think that that is a struggle that every single human being has probably gone through, regardless yeah, especially of as women. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um. So it you know and then right here I feel like going into urgent care this weekend is another example of them treating me di- like I don't I don't really know how to express it it just felt I mean it felt good but it also made me sad for who Chantal was five months ago that wasn't getting that treatment and it just gives me another one of my whys and that's something we'll talk a ton about I think that's really important to remember is why you're doing this why why am I you know yeah yeah I think that's a huge thing and and that is definitely something we're going to be talking a lot about um it sparked something a little bit that my my therapist and I talked about today is um how I don't know as humans we have a tendency to be like to kind of like look at the negative because it's like a survival thing, you know? Yeah. So we hang on to the, to the bad things. Cause then we're like, okay, we won't do that again. Cause we got burned last time. And like, yeah, so don't put your hand on the hot fire. Um, and it works the same with like emotional things too, As well. but we learn the best through positive reinforcement. It's like this weird, like dichotomy of like, people are, have this like judgment on you that you should change and be different, but they're going to treat you like, and then expect you to get there sort of a thing whereas like if they can just be like positive and encouraging and be like you know what like it's okay like let's let's keep trying like let's figure out a way like maybe there's something else that that can work better if you're if it's really impacting your health and how you feel and like let's figure out a way to to navigate this in a way that treats you like a person like exactly it's such a I don't know why it's so hard for for us as humans sometimes to to give that like positivity to others, especially people that we see as having, having challenges or, you know, why do we look down on people? Why can't we just like help them? (laughs) You know, it's so funny because that actually reminds me of something I heard on NPR years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were talking about how like, Okay, so you're walking down the street, somebody's walking their dog, and you see the dog, and you're like, oh my god, I love you so much. Like, we never treat a human that way. We never just love unconditionally the second we see someone without any judgment. And I certainly do my very best not to live that way. That's not the type of person I want to be. I want to be the type of person that loves somebody for just being a human being and existing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, you know, if something comes up and there, you know, that doesn't work out, then you that, you know, I think that you instantly have love and respect. You may not maintain that um, by, <laughs> you know, behavior choices that you make, but I don't think it's something that you should ever have to earn from somebody. I yeah. think that you should innately just have it. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And, that doesn't happen for people that are obese because people consider people that are obese, not of equal value. And it comes down to that as simple, you know, and it's, it's hard and it's difficult. Um, I think I've almost had like a more like a, you know, kind of a little different take on it just because I've never really kind of tolerated that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't keep people around me that do. And yeah, so that's I don't what really I was gonna see ask, that a ton. It's like what, you know, how it's affected you and, and your experience in life. I mean, I guess I really won't know until I'm not obese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not something I've ever experienced. So, um, 
it, it will be interesting for sure. I would love to say that, you know, the friends I've had all along are still my friends and that doesn't change. Um, and I will, you know, I st- certainly take a note of those who have not been kind to me and related to my weight. And if that does change, well, I don't know that it'll change me necessarily, right, yeah, absolutely. but, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know that yet. You know, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm excited to find out and I'm excited to grow and learn and to give other people the opportunity to grow and learn as well. Well, and I think that's also like what you said earlier about, about the people around you. I think that's huge because I also think that it's like, you can't let people into your life that aren't bringing like positive value. I, I, what do they say that you're like the 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 sum total of like the five people that you spend the most time with and it's like if people are just like treating you badly or like judging you about certain things and yeah you're never gonna like be able to like get out of that so I think it's it is really important to to choose wisely no matter like who you are or what you're doing or what your life is like to choose the people around you wisely yeah you are who you hang out with you are who you surround yourself with I'm a firm believer in that I'm a firm believer in that if you think you're gonna have a shitty day then you're gonna have day exactly if you're gonna have a great day you're gonna have a great day and so if you're going to put negativity in your life you're going to have negativity agreed yeah absolutely yeah self-fulfilling prophecies man it's a real thing (laughs) I've done it with my gallbladder apparently so (laughs) I had mentioned to my doctor at my last appointment if he had ever had to take one out during surgery and he was like well I haven't done it yet but I'm not opposed to it and here we're looking at potentially having to take mine out during surgery and I'm like I put that out into the universe didn't I (laughs) you're manifesting your gallbladder issue (laughs) so um it's all you know it's it it definitely I mean every I do want to say one last thing about this because I think that you finding a supportive doctor has made all of the difference in your ability to like go through this journey and even to like start it in the first place. So again, like thinking about like doctors and, and treating people like people, I think that's like the most important, you know, place in your life that you, you need that support. And so that you were finally able to get it has like made all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And not just my surgeon at the weight loss clinic, but my initial general practitioner that I saw for the first time this summer, um, at just like the GP office who gave me the referral to the weight loss clinic. Um, he also happens to work in sports medicine. And so for the first time in years, I had a doctor who listened to me when I said that I was in pain. And because for so long, all I've gotten to the response of, of I'm in pain is you're obese, lose weight. And that's like the extent of it. And it's like, I mean, my pain affects every single aspect of my life. It, you know, should not have anyone kind of stand there and say, hey, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's figure mm-hmm. out what we need to do to get you as healthy as possible. To finally have somebody sit there and do that with me kind of changed everything. And that's mm-hmm. what started this whole process is that first initial visit with my general practitioner. Yeah. Yep. That's that's exactly it. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's about finding those people who are going to like be there. Cause I remember leading up to that appointment, you had so much anxiety. Oh my gosh. I cried the whole appointment. By the end of it, he was like, can I give you a referral to psych girl? And I was like, yes, please. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had major, major anxiety about being seeing the doctor. And a lot of it had to do with my weight. I was certain that everything was failing. My heart was failing. My kidneys were failing. My lung, like, I was certain that if I went in at the weight that I was at, the doctor was going to tell me, there's nothing we can do and you're going to die. <laughs> like, and I gave me such anxiety to go in, you know, and I wanted to be treated with respect. And that had not been guaranteed to me in the past mm-hmm. with other physicians. And so it was very difficult and there was a lot of emotions, but I just, I had, I had to get in and I had to get it done. And so I did. And then he gave me a referral to a therapist. He gave me a referral to physical therapy. He gave me a referral to weight loss. I've been able to follow up with him several times. We've redone some labs that we were like, hmm, let's take another look at that. He has been amazing. And then now working with the weight loss clinic at St. Joseph's has been also a really amazing experience. Awesome. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I've seen it in you. I've seen it change you. So I think it's I awesome. feel so different than I did three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. Don't judge a girl by their size is sponsored by cloud underground. Make starting a company as straightforward as playing an RPG with the RPG of life incubator from cloud underground. Start building your business for free today. Learn more at cloudunderground.dev. That's cloudunderground.dev. Support for this podcast is provided by Freedom Multifamily Acquisitions. They are your key to financial freedom through real estate investments. Making your money work for you, not the other way around. Please visit freedommfa.com. That's freedommfa.com for valuable insights on investing in real estate and achieving the freedom you desire. You actually, when we first started today, you had mentioned about my hair and makeup, and that has a lot to do with it. Last Christmas, when Corey had gotten me a Christmas present, so for those that don't know, when I graduated high school, the first thing I did was move out to Riverside, and I went to school in Burbank at a school called Makeup Designery, and I became a makeup artist, and it has been my passion and my love project ever since. And it's always been something that I take great joy in doing and being a part of, not only in the process of ma- doing my own makeup, but others as well. I she did my makeup for her wedding. For my wedding, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and so, amazing. oh, yes, you did. You Well, it wasn't too difficult. Uh, you had a good canvas to start with, so. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I, last Christmas, I was just so defeated by my weight and, like, my mobility and feeling of having any value or worth really. And Corey had gotten me this gorgeous palette from Mac. And I told, I remember telling him to not buy me makeup anymore because there was no point because I wasn't doing it anymore because I just didn't, I didn't feel good enough about myself to even look in the mirror long enough to do my own makeup. And I am just, I'm hitting I'm just starting to feel so much more like myself again. So about a year and a half ago, maybe I quit driving. Just didn't feel safe getting behind the wheel. My stomach was blocking the steering wheel too much. And I just always thought like I wasn't going to be able to react to something fast enough. And I just felt like it was no longer safe for me or for others for me to be continuing to drive. Mm -hmm. And so I gave up a major part of my independence in this. Um, and I didn't really tell I anyone, I, yeah, you know, I, I, it was, either. I mean, I, I, I also have a lot of anxiety in a car and, and everyone already knew about that. So it was really easy to just kind of, you Stop know, be like, noticed. I stopped driving because of anxiety and nobody noticed, yeah. you know what I mean? 
Um, and then this weekend on our way down to Colorado Springs to visit my family, I was like, you know what? I think I can fit behind the steering wheel now. And so I did. I tried it and I was able to, and I drove all weekend. And it was amazing. I mean, to get back some autonomy, I mean, it just, it's things like that that are making this entire journey worth it and worth sharing, honestly. You know, we'll talk a lot about these non-scale victories and being able to drive myself again is definitely a major, major non-scale victory that um, it's probably my biggest one I feel like I've obtained so far. Mm-hmm in this journey but it's not just that like i went grocery shopping with Corey for the first time since before covid wow like i mean i had not been in and through a grocery store now mind you we went to sam's club it was a lot i only walked about half of it and then i had Corey go get me a cart and we finished (laughs) it and i drove around and honked at him and we had a good laugh but i hadn't even felt comfortable to go out on a cart since covid Wow, Chantal. And so, I mean, I drove this weekend, and I went through an entire store this weekend and, like, checked out and everything. So I was actually so excited when I was, like, walking to the car, and I had one of my cases of protein shakes, and Corey was bringing the car (laughs) up so I could unload everything into it. And I got really excited and, like, swung my arms up, and, like, the case broke open, and I flung Fairlife protein shakes all over the parking lot of Sam's Club. <laughs> and like knuckling, none of them broke, but like Corey and I are like picking up like 12 bottles as they're rolling away from us all over the parking lot. Of all because I was so excited for shopping. <laughs> of course, that would happen to you. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just so excited. Like, it was so much fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, I think you've talked a lot about like your why is not a number necessarily not, you know, any particular milestone like that. It's more just like getting your life back, getting your autonomy back, being able to like go walk around a grocery store and work your way up to like going on hikes again. You know, we live in a, in Colorado. And so being able to get outside is a big part of people's lifestyles around here. And you were raised super active. And I want to enjoy that. Yeah. I was raised outside and I was raised playing in the dirt and getting dirty and having snakes in my pockets and <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll start That's that right. up again but <laughs> that just sparks a tiny memory of me of like your brothers when we were little kids like Greg could always he would like ha- he was like the the, the lizard whisperer yeah like they would like crawl on him and like come to him and like I'd be like chasing or, like them. I like, can't I remember like it. a squirrel on him or something as a kid yeah exactly um also I have this vivid image of him like kissing a lizard that my parents were making him like release back into the wild and it like bit his lip and it was like hanging from his <laughs> lip and like uh-huh. And like, and I don't think that there was only one lizard that did this. Like, I feel like this happened more than once. Plug for Greg, who does the voiceover <laughs> for our podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Amazing memories. So I feel like we have definitely covered a lot of really, really good stuff in this. I think the last couple things I would want to talk about maybe for this for this particular um, episode is like how how has your like family and friends and like everyone around you been as you've been like completing this journey and or starting this journey and like now that you're getting there and you're you know you've made a lot of the progress and your surgery date is coming up like how are people around you like reacting to you 
Um, they've been like super supportive. Um, at least to my face, I haven't really had anyone. Um. <laughs> be too <laughs> questionary you know my stepmother did have some concerns um i don't think by any means she was trying to be discouraging i think that you know she's she's a dietitian and so her look on th- her her perspective is a little bit different mm-hmm. um which is totally fine i don't have any you know and i encourage that because to me, I didn't look at this from one angle. I definitely yeah. considered this from a thousand different angles. I considered it from the position of a patient, the position of a nurse, the position of a wife. I mean, there's there's so many things that I took into consideration. And so having people question with me is not something that I am opposed to. Yeah, um, Because I do want to make sure I'm making the most educated decision I possibly can for myself. And this decision for me is by no means encouraging others to take the same path that I have taken. Mm-hmm. This is what I feel is right for me. And I think that everyone has to figure out exactly what path it is for them, whether it is surgery, whether it's medication, whether it is a regimen, whether it's a personal trainer, a regular mm-hmm. dietitian. I mean, there's a, or a combination of any of these things, honestly, right. because I have a dietitian and I have a therapist and I have physical therapy and I have a, an appointment for after I get mobile again after surgery to do personal training. And so, I mean, awesome. I think that you probably really have to utilize as many of the tools you possibly can for a weight loss journey. And you just have to determine exactly how much of which avenue you want and what works best for you. Absolutely. I think that's. I think that's like really with everything in life, but especially with something like this, everyone's journey is so different. So yeah. And then also this weekend when we were out, I was talking to one of my sister-in-laws and she asked me, you know, if you've lost this much weight prior to surgery, then why would you not continue to do what you're doing opposed to doing surgery? And I, you know, I can understand where she's coming from because Mm -hmm. honestly, I've asked myself that same question. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it's, it's the idea that this is much more sustainable. And when they, with, with a gastric sleeve, they're not just making your stomach smaller. They're removing a portion of your stomach that produces, I think it's a hormone. It could be an enzyme. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it produces the thing that gives you the trigger that you're hungry. Oh, and huh. so that also is being removed. So it's chemically changing the chemistry of my body mm. and how I eat, not just the physical part of it. Right. And for me, the idea, and we've said this so many times, sustainable weight loss, mm-hmm. long-term weight loss. I've already spent my entire life struggling with this. I don't want to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I want every tool possible to be as successful as possible for me. That is the gastric sleeve. That's what we've determined. We're going to go ahead. We're going to proceed with it. Whether or not that's for everyone, that's for each individual person to, you know, decide on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even members of your own family have, you know, approached yeah. their, their, their weight loss journeys in very different yeah, ways. In so very like... different ways. Um, you know, I'm and... not the only one in my family who struggled with their weight and we've all kind of approached it and handled it in different ways. In the way that and, worked for each of you as individuals and yeah. then supported each other on and, your, each individual journeys. And I also, I mean, the reason and how we got to a point where we struggled with our weight was different also. And Absolutely. so it doesn't mean that our answer is going to be the same. I think that's a great point too. It's like you're the reason why you, you 
you get to that point where you need to make that life choice is going to be different for everyone, which means, you know, the answer is going to be different. The answer is going to be different. The approach exactly. you take is going to be different. Your lifestyle is totally different. Like for your, for your, you know, one of yeah. your siblings uses like video games and like VR. Yeah. So I think that's like super cool. <laughs> that's that how he's working you. out and losing his weight. And for me, who's like never played a video game in their life. It's like, <laughs> like no, uh... I'd much rather go hit the treadmill things or join a kickboxing <laughs> class or, you know, or I love spin. Zumba. Yeah. yeah. So totally. um, we have different, you know, we're going to find different ways to get where we want to get. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's. The core, the core message is like, do what's right for you and yeah. do what's going to make you healthy and feel good about yourself. <laughs> and I, and I think it is important to hear other people's stories. Um, it can give yeah. you information to be able to make an educated decision for yourself, yes. but you don't want to like, you don't want to pin yourself to one source. You definitely mm -hmm. need to check your sources and you need to make them vast and have a large variety of them so that you well, have a well-rounded decision that you've made. And that leads me to a little bit of a question that, um, Chantal, do you have any like recommended, recommended, uh, I can't speak, recommended resources or groups um, or like, where do you, where do you go for your information? Certainly. Uh, of course, I, all, there's the internet. Everyone can find whatever they want. Yeah. What, what I do spend quite a bit of time on the internet. I'm big into research, um, but that's probably the scientist in me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and then the social butterfly in me that everyone knows and loves <laughs> is out there in the support groups. I have joined so many support groups on Facebook. Um, they have them for your state. I have one for Colorado bariatric patients. I have one for um, gastric sleeve specific. I have mm -hmm. one for pre. I have a bunch of, I mean, one that is for people that are going through plastics that are having like skin removal a couple years mm -hmm. down the line mm -hmm. in preparation because I, it's me and I want to know everything right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that reaching out to different, um, you know, finding different support groups, obviously, hopefully you'll choose our podcast um and our facebook page for don't judge a girl by their size um you can either search that in your search engine on facebook um and hopefully you can in also December. uh you can also find a, a link in the description of this podcast episode to yes. all of our socials so perfect yeah so um i mean i think that there's a lot of resources out there um you just have to start looking and figure out what's best for you mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely Cool. Well, well, is there anything else you think we need to say in this episode, Chantal, about uh, supportive communities, finding the people who support you, finding medical professionals who support you, and uh, what a difference yeah, that makes in your I would journey. definitely just say don't settle. If you don't think that your team is like... Your medical team should be your biggest cheerleaders. You want them hurrahing around you. And if they're not and they're being lazy like my gallbladder apparently, then <laughs> move on and find a different medical team. You can request somebody else to see you. Yeah. So get don't settle opinion. for anything but what you need and what you want. Love that. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. See you guys next time. Don't Judge a Girl by Their Size is created, produced, and hosted by Laura Riley and Chantal Powers. Edited by Laura Riley. Voiceover by Greg Christensen. If you're going through your own weight loss journey, join our Facebook group, Don't Judge a Girl by Their Size. 
If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, join our Patreon where you'll get bonus content and monthly exclusives with Laura and Sean Paul. You can find links to that and all of our socials in the episode description. And of course, subscribe to Don't Judge a Girl by Their Size wherever you listen to podcasts.